The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. joining a friend of Medjugorje on location where he is completing the book, They Fired the First Shot, 2012. This is Radio Wave Medjugorje with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Vice President Biden is automatically excommunicated. Will the priest give him communion and abide by this? By what the church teaches? Will the bishop of his diocese abide by this? Abide by the church? Is he, along with the Secretary of Education for the whole nation, who's redefined marriage in his eyes as what it should be in this country? And what are we to think about this? Why the Secretary of Education? Do you think the strategy to teach more kids be open to abomination? Destruction of the second institution of marriage? 
Oh, the argument is against it. They're not against traditional marriage. They're just for adding an increase in it. No, it's an attack against traditional marriage. Nothing less. Satan will always ante what is of God. We came up with a word years ago called oppositing. Satan is always in the actions of oppositing God. He doesn't come up with new things. He perverts God's old things and his traditions and ways. I heard a Protestant minister saying, to me, marriage is traditional. I thought to myself, it's not to me. It's not to him. It's to God. To God, marriage is traditional. He invented it. And you think you got the right to reinvent it? Then make it give forth the fruit from the womb. If you got our God and we want to be God and play God. So who is the God leading this? It's the one who opposites God. It's their father, including Vice President Biden. His father's the devil. He abides by it. He pronounces his voice through his voice, his ways. This is clear. This is not making judgment on his eternal destiny. But it's Our Lady who says you're restless and you're in despair. Which gives way to eternal exile. Where are the voices out there saying, well, you know, I'm not going to discriminate, but they're not for this. What do you mean? Discriminate. God discriminates. It's in the scriptures. He writes that. He defines it. Nobody else is allowed to do that. And you think it's by chance? North Carolina, with the rest of the 30 plus states, have had amendments to traditional marriage? That in this, we're told polls are the other way, the other people are more open to these things. Civil rights, this has nothing to do with civil rights. If you want to accept that argument, or if you're confused by it, you need to read your Bible. But consider this if you are confused, or you're trying to see their points. You don't have to see the points. Don't lend your ear to the devil. When the devil came up with possessed people, Jesus always said, be silent. He didn't want to hear them. Don't listen to their points. So we don't have to listen to civil rights points of view. But if you want to go along with that, then okay, give civil rights to an adulteress. Somebody committing adultery, it's just in them they can claim. This is just who I am. Okay, then we got the kleptomaniac. Who compulsively steals. They can't help themselves. For years. It's not a new phenomenon that Hollywood actors have been caught stealing when they've made, they got millions of dollars. They just steal. So if we're going to go that, what about their civil rights? This is who they are. You say, well, that's different from abomination and the rearrangement of marriage. How's it different? It's sin. Adultery. Let's go for the bridge, okay? So if you say that's okay, then adultery's okay. Then you can go from adultery to stealing. You may say, well, stealing and then being for a vulnerable lifestyle is a long ways apart. No, it's not. It's sin. There's things that have nothing to do with civil rights. 
But if you accept that argument, you can't accept you have a civil right to be a kleptomaniac. You just can't practice it. So they want us and get in the biblical face of the Christian, in our face rather, those who biblical worldviews, and tell us, you will accept this as, and define it as permissible. Then let's do everything else. And let's go from there to the pyromaniac, those who just can't help it. They like fires. That's what the name is. They call it pyromaniac because these people, they love to watch fire. They can't help themselves. They sit in the woods on fire. They just like to watch. I like to watch fires, but I'm not a pyromaniac. And every commandment you have, there's temptations. Does that make you that? But see, Satan wants to legitimize the one thing. And it's not being a pyromaniac. It's not being a kleptomaniac. It's not being an adulterous. It's not being any of these things. The one thing that Satan knows brings judgment to the culture because it's the pinnacle sin that at that point God says, enough, when procreation is beginning to be ebbed away and stopped, I have to act. There were three thieves. There were marauders. There were people that did things in Jesus' day. He spoke about them in parables. There's even killing but when you look biblically, there's one sin. When it happens, it's God come back time. And this is it, people. And so when you got a president of the United States saying this is okay, you got a president of the United States saying him and Michelle talked about this at the dinner table. Which is repulsive. When they had the fact that Sasha and the other girl, whatever her name is, is putting input into these thoughts. And they wouldn't want their children, they're telling them, to discriminate against their friends' parents. You think God's not going to act? You think something's not going to happen? You think we can continue on unless we hope for recovery? There is no recovery. You better start getting your house in order. If you do it for a snowstorm up north... You do it for a hurricane on the on the east, south and east coast. You do it in case there's some other pending earthquake when there's tremors coming up on the west coast. Why wouldn't you do it on the whole coast, the whole country, the whole world, when you see there's earthquakes coming, hurricanes coming? I mean, these are divine. The divine wrath of God is a real thing, both in Old and New Testament times. Don't keep depending on divine mercy, divine mercy, yes. While you might be a pyromaniac, there's divine mercy. While you might be a kleptomaniac, maybe divine mercy for you from God. While you might be on a bottle, maybe divine mercy from God. But when you start putting in public policy, when you start putting it forth, when you do what you do in Sodom, when they come knocking on your doors, want to drag your sons out, You think God's going to abide by that? Well, what does God do? Well, keep reading in that verses of the Bible. Flee Lot. Flee Abraham. So flee this culture, people. Get serious. 
There is no more time. And when Our Lady just comes and tells us, do not waste time, it's for good reason. The angels, the two angels, the two men, came to Lot and his family and says, well, no, we got to do this. Or we, they wanted to hesitate. He says, no, time's over. They, they actually grabbed them by the hands and took them away. And they said, we got we to gotta run. And they didn't even get to where they were going. Lot and Abraham said, well, can we just go this next town closer? And God would not destroy because he was going to even destroy the next town. Why? Because this infection of abomination spreads like a disease of cancer. You can't stop it. Once they got one right, they want the next. This is why it was illegal to the early 1900s, to the 50s or so, into the 60s. You got arrested for it. Why? Because they knew if they didn't make that punishment by law, that they would not stop. They'd want this next. They'd want this public exposure. They'd want this. Now you see where they are now with it. It doesn't stop. Once evil is allowed to be evil, and in certain accepted ways in the beginning days, it ended up where we are today with a president, the first president, to endorse this. Scary. Does this guy think he's going to be viewed in history with such a noble respect? People will be disgusted because we're coming back into God's time. He's going to be dirt. He's going to be mud. And so we have this big news today. We researched it already. See what was being said about it. And so you have all the communication, the media, everybody going on this, everybody's talking about this. Why do you think that is? How do you do what Obama's doing and think, well, I got an election coming up. If I do this, this may cost me. When you got North Carolina overwhelmingly, resoundingly defeated this, you got other other states that are doing that. Everybody's had every single one of them's done this. What does he think this good strategy to do this at this critical time for an re-election? Unless he's assured that he's going to be re-elected by hook and crook and nook. And unless he strategized, look, the things that's being exposed now are the potential of what's being exposed is far worse to keep hidden than we can use this and get everybody talking about this subject for a diversion. And I believe a lot of it is for diversion. He could care less what people think about this issue. They'll bury it. They'll, they'll hide it. They'll do whatever. If we don't have even our priest and bishop standing up saying, you will not go to communion, and, and when he makes his announcements, they make a pronouncement to Brett Biden, to Celibius, or whatever her name is. Uh, she was the head of the health and services. <clears throat> if they have that, and the bishops don't, in union say, they are not allowed in any Catholic church to receive communion, then we're not engaged. And it's not the bishops who excommunicate. You automatically do this to yourself. We don't have to pronounce that judgment. But we need to remind it publicly. If we get evil publicly doing what they're doing, getting these voices out there saying what they're saying, then why are not we doing that engagement on our side? Yesterday I was at a service station, and I pulled up behind a car. I saw a Union bumper sticker. Then I saw a Obama bumper sticker. And I really 
I'm always curious to see what these people look like. I mean, I, I, I always look and see, do these people have a brain? Are they, are they have any Christian vestiges in them at all? This guy comes out. Actually, I'll come out, he, I'll come out right behind him. I say, hey, friend. So when I got on a car, I saw that you got an Obama bumper sticker on your car. He says, yeah, I vote by my wallet. I said, well, I saw you got a union. I'm not arguing that point. I said, but how can you be for Obama when he's for abomination? And what he's just done today. He said, I don't, that don't pertain to me. I vote for my wallet. I said, it does pertain to you. He says, no, I'm just interested in my wallet. I said, so if the economy is going to crash, and history has shown when this is endorsed, it always suffers from it, and you're voting for your wallet, you just took a lot of money out of your wallet. He said, well, I don't, I don't know about all that. I said, you need to know about it. Go study history. You can't be for this guy if you're interested in your wallet. You won't even have the wallet. He's not just taking the money. It won't be left. He said, yeah, okay, okay. And he parted. But nobody's thinking. These people don't think at all. I wasn't mean to them. I called them friend just to put them at ease that I'm not sitting there trying to force my opinions on him. It's necessary, just as it was necessary to have laws against abomination, and you could go to jail for it in the early 1900s. I don't say 1900s, 1950s. Because they knew and the culture learned that we would not stop this after we opened the door to just a little acceptance of it, that it would be where it is today. And as a result, we would be destroyed and our culture would be damaged and our welfare would be hurt and our children's future would be hurt. This all comes about as a result of this acceptance. Evil will not stop once it starts its march. You think Hitler just rose up for any reason? Do you know Hitler was against abomination? Do you know the 20s, the Germany after World War I, after all that, that harshness, was filled with this stuff? Do your own research. Look at what was going on in Germany. And particularly Berlin. Do you think it was divided? Because evil just was allowed to do that on its own power? This is my claim, God. I, Satan, want this town. God allowed him to, God allowed him to do that, just as, as he allowed Job to do what he did. God's going to allow evil to do what it does, and there's Hitler's rising up. And even though Obama's before this, they fired the first shot, we're going to show some of these things. Who is rising up? And where? And why? And what do we react to it in this way? So don't accept this from anybody saying, well, I don't know about this issue. Maybe, you know, no, should be outlawed. There shouldn't be anybody in this country this way that's allowed legally to practice this. No more than we do it with adultery. Do people frown on adulterers when you see a family and a wife and kids out there playing in the yard and, and you know the husband may be doing something he shouldn't be doing? You accept that? Who accepts that? I don't hear any clubs for that. I don't hear anybody putting the rights of adulterers in, in law. It's absurd. And I tell you, this is worse than adultery. This is worse than being a kleptomaniac, power maniac. Far worse. This is perverted. This is sickness. This is a diabolical sin. 
That's why it's called abomination. So let's just set the word straight on that. And nobody sees this with clarity. You know, Christians debating, well, just like the minister I heard. To me, marriage is traditional. It's not up to me to say what is traditional and what is of God. That's in his word. It's up to me to abide by it. It's up to the bishops to tell Biden, you are out of bounds. And you've excommunicated yourself, excommunicated yourself. And publicly announce this. If they've got a gall as a Catholic to say what they're doing, and he proudly says, I pray the rosary on my uh, subway rise. I mean, when are we going to define who we are and what our church means and what it stands for? Better a smaller, leaner, holier church than a flat, fat, full, one full of sin. So it's time to scale down. It's time to scale back. And it's time to look at what is Our Lady showing us. And we prosper when we follow God. We prosper in ways that we can't even imagine. And so to turn a corner and go another direction, Joan's story will show what happens when you live by God's ways. Amish farm kids remarkably immune to allergies. Amish children raised on rural farms in northern Indiana suffer from asthma and allergies less often even than Swiss farm kids, a group known to be relatively free from allergies according to a new study. The rates are very, very low, said Dr. Mark Holbrook, the study's lead author. So there's something that we feel is even more protective in the Amish than in European farming communities. What it is about growing up on farms, and Amish farms in particular, that seems to prevent allergies remains unclear. Researchers have long observed the so-called farm effect, the low allergy and asthma rates found among kids raised on farms in Central Europe, but less is known about the influence of growing up on North American farms. Holbrook, an allergist in Indianapolis, has been treating Amish communities in Indiana for two decades, but he noticed that very few Amish actually had any allergies. As studies on the farm effect in Europe began to emerge several years ago, Holbrook wondered if the same phenomenon might be found in the United States. He teamed up with European colleagues to compare Swiss farming children and non-farming children to Amish kids in Indiana. Amish families who can trace their roots back to Switzerland typically farm using methods from the 1800s, and they don't own cars or televisions. The researchers surveyed 157 Amish families, about 3,000 Swiss farming families, and close to 11,000 Swiss families who did not live on a farm, all with children between the ages of 6 and 12. They found that just 5% of Amish kids had been diagnosed with asthma, compared to 6.8% of Swiss farm kids, and 11.2% of the other Swiss children. Similarly, among 138 Amish kids, given a skin prick test to determine whether they were predisposed to having allergies, only 10 kids, or 7%, had a positive response. In comparison, 25% of the farm-raised Swiss kids and 44% of the other Swiss children 
had a positive test. The researchers report in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology. The study did not determine why the kids who grew up on farms were less likely to develop asthma and allergies, but other research has pointed to exposure to microbes and contact with cows in particular to partially explain the farm effect. Drinking raw cow's milk also seems to be involved, Holbrook said. The going theory is this early exposure to the diverse potential allergens and pathogens on a farm trains the immune system to recognize them, but not overact to the harmless ones. As for why the Amish kids have even lower allergy and asthma rates than the other farming kids, that piece of the puzzle we really haven't explained, Holbrook told Reuters Health. He speculated that it could be at least partly a result of the Amish having larger families or spending even more time outside or in barns than people on more modern working farms. Dr. Karina Bowser, an allergist in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, said there's also a possibility that inherited factors could play a role. The Amish are still of a limited genetic pool, I would assume, because they're much more segregated than the Swiss kids are. Holbrook said upcoming studies will further investigate the differences between the farming groups with an eye toward designing possible interventions. For instance, pregnant mothers or young children could be exposed to the mysterious factors that seem to protect farm kids as a preventative treatment, he explained. The goal is to try to find a way to prevent this allergy and asthma epidemic that Western populations are facing, Holbrook said. And so you have... Proof of God's way of life and proof of this urban, ultra-modern, fast-paced, mobile life that is sanitized. You get on elevators now and there's got hand sanitation there. My parents never really put a lot of Band-Aids on us and Neosporum and these kinds of things. We'd play. I remember playing with dirt. As a kid with a cut, It'd be filthy. I've seen pictures and read articles on the Amish who, and we actually deal with some of them on some of the things that we might be buying for our subsistence living, for our cows and whatever we might be doing. And they actually walk and can be seen walking the kids through the barns barefooted. And if you know what's on the barn floor, you know what they're stepping in. When we first saw it, we kind of like, whoa. But, you know, your feet absorb things from the soil. And I later read an article, an incredible article, about Amish family uh, in, a, in a farm and trade magazine. It was really interesting. He says that we purposely do this to our kids so that they build up immunities. See, they know it. They don't need science. They biblically see it and understand it. So as you're growing up, you're exposed to certain things. They build these things. That's why this whole antibiotic society doesn't realize that they're not building up the immune system when they're relying on something, except in extreme cases, which would be understandable with life and death. But every little co, every little thing, we're always trying to get something to, or some kind of antibiotic to fix that. When kids need to build up immunities. Years ago, I read an article about fever. The fever's good. And to me, I'd already known these things before I read it, because why do we have fever? What? Well, the infections, you just can't compete at a higher temperature that your body cells can compete with and being able to fight that infection off. 
So fever is good. It's not there without a purpose. High fever is bad. It's just like everything. you got to look at it in moderation. And so give a kid tongue or do this as soon as you see a fever. And you get this loss of common sense even in the medical fields and the health and health of of understanding health issues. There's no biblical view looking at that and thinking. Yes, sanitation is important. Yes, when babies were born, we've talked about uh, the Dr. Liston who came up with sanitation and and, uh, birthing, how the mortality rate uh, was improved by sanitation. But again, all that's common sense. So we've lost this. But this is a shining star pointing back to a way of life that these people prosper both in health, in life, and in soul and body. And yet we have on this other side the dark contrast of light and darkness of what Obama, Biden, Secretary of Education, is it Catherine Sibelius, Sibelius, who's Catholic, what they're going for is total destruction. We will survive this. Economically, the economics, the financial ways, our economic health is directly targeted as the number one thing for darkness to stop because it will affect everybody. There's no range in the scope of cultures from the top to the bottom that will not be affected by something catastrophic with the economy. So that's what Medjinomics is about. Don't hold on. They're doing everything they can to prop up and hold on to the dollar. It's why we think, okay, if we can surrogate, like evil does, <coughs> rather, no, evil follows, evil does what good does, and for good reasons, we need to come up with the miraculous metal, tie Medjugorje to it, make a round out of it, a one-ounce round, that would help show Med- about Medjugorje and introduce people to that. The miraculous metal is factually shown to those Christians and Catholics who know about it, brings conversion miraculously. You got all the best of the world. So you got to have you got to have money. You have the means exchange. And how do you safeguard it? Yes, silver's down, the price of it's down, but that's all manipulation. Because they got to fight to keep the dollar there. But when the dollar does go down, and we've got a president who just condemned it, there's no way. They can be doing what they're doing and project to say these things before this stuff. That every one of the edicts, all the laws that they conceive and everything they put out in their management is not of a darkened spirit and will be used for evil. They're bringing it down. Now, we're part of that because we've been participating in these things for decades. We haven't been a holy people. So we're going to suffer. We can say, well, it's good have to die. We're not good. We're sinners. We need to recognize that. So we will suffer. But when we come and we start recognizing and start following Our Lady and want to walk with her and realize that we need to change and accept her admonitions through these messages that she has been admonishing us very strongly as her followers, the top of the, the, the leadership of the world, the future world, the top of the, the leadership of the cultures who's going to lead it. That's what we are. That's what our, our community is about. We're there to show people how culture is going to be, how you should live it. And yet we're admonished more than even the great sins of the culture. God's going to take care of that.
So whose decisions will be blessed? Obama's? Biden's? When they pronounce what they're for and what they're engaged in to bring about? No, God will strike that at the right time. And all their works and what they're doing will come crashing down. And if we're too close to that house and that building, we'll be hit by it. So you make your way of life. You can have to do what the Amish are doing. You do whatever you got to do. I'm not saying 50 if you walk through common or you're going to build up immunities to allergies. But maybe your children have been raised like that will. I'm not advocating that. But I, don't see, I, I see a point of that, that there's some good to that. Because there's a factor of God that when you live for him, his ways, he takes care of the details. There is no details being taken care of with Obama. Okay? What he's doing is evil. He pronounces evil, he's for evil. There's no other way to say it. People are scared to say this about a president. John the Baptist didn't, wasn't scared to say what he had to say against Herod. He was an evil man. This man is evil. You need to recognize that. Once we understand that, then we know how to react. We'll know which way to go. And you don't want to go any direction that way. Even if you're a union man like this guy. He was white. So, you know, some people say, well, maybe he's black. Just in case you wonder, he was white. But he's so much into the dollar, he's willing to look the other way. to something that's going to take his dollar away. And that's his sin. He's blind. He's blinded by being God is my dollar. And therefore, he goes to Ur. And he's willing to look and accept something so destructive to the culture, to procreation, to the good of the whole society, the protection of marriage, and thinking he's going to have a dollar? This guy's going to lose everything he's got. Don't be that way. Call Frank. Discuss with him about your finances. Don't be holding all your money investments. Don't be worried about silver not doing what it should be doing. It's, it's cheap. It's an opportunity for those who have wisdom, those who can see with clarity what you need to be doing. You think, oh, I'll put my money in it at $40 an ounce, now it's down to $30 an ounce. You don't look at it that way. You've got something with silver. And if you put it in the Maracas Medjugorje silver medallion, one ounce piece, you got conversion. And if you do what the Amish are doing and following that way, you got milk. So you got your silver. You got conversion through that. Got conversion, got silver, got milk. It's just that simple. Riaz, you want to say how to get a hold of Frank? Frank can be reached at the telephone at 877-936-7686. Again, that's 877-936-7686. That's a toll-free number. Uh, or at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Again, that's globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And their website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And I recommend you call Frank if you're not sure, if you've got questions or, or discuss with him uh, your finances. How do you transfer what you have, what you're doing now? How do you get out of the house you're in which you're, you're, it's not worth what you can sell it for? How do you get out of these things and discuss these issues with him and get into using the funds that you hold into conversion? That's the number one goal. Your fruit of that is that God puts you in a safer position 
and you start stepping away from this culture, this building is going to crash. It's given. The economy will crash. The result of that is going to be catastrophic for millions, tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people. We've got 300 million people for everybody. But there's going to be people displaced. They'll be walking down highways and streets because there's nowhere to go. And the government's already looking at that. What are they going to do with these people? It's not a pretty picture what they're planning. Some of that's in they gonna uh, they fired the first shot, the book I'm finishing up. And it takes a lot. You might be hearing for weeks we're finishing this book up. It takes a lot for, for me to go through the whole book and refinish it. It's called I call it polishing. Point it up. So pray that that comes to fruit. Don't forget July 1st to the 5th. Promote it. Get brochures if you haven't ordered this. You never know who's going to pick one up or find it at a grocery store or find it on a, a grocery store bulletin board back at your church. We've got a CD that you can print out church bulletins. We've got the statement for the priests that show that they can do this. And if a cardinal, Sorborn from Austria, is doing it, it's a sign that we can, and our priests can, and our bishops can. Do everything you can to work for Our Lady. Grab everyone that's off track and bring them to the light. I didn't hesitate with this guy yesterday at the service station. And I blessed him with special blessing. I prayed for him when I left him. The God, because he, he, he did back off from having any argument. He didn't concede to me, like, well, you got a point. He's like, uh, he mumbled. He didn't want to hear what I said. But I gave a special blessing that in the middle of the night, that's going to bother him. Because if you're for somebody that's for what Obama's for, then you just might as well be for it because you've endorsed it. That's why the church teaches you cannot vote for somebody like this. You can't vote for somebody for abortion because you're a participant. You're saying it's okay. You have somebody that's going to murder somebody, and you go buy them a gun, but you're not going to do it. You're buying the gun, give it to them. You're going to give them the vote to rearrange this and do this, and you're not a participant. You're guilty. Be a thinking people. And until next time, pray and be with Our Lady. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.